0: This podcast is made possible by Workday and U.S. Bank.
1: Hello, this is Jim Kelleher, the CFO of Actifio based in Boston, and you
0: are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is Episode 378. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. I'm Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Rob Gagnon, CFO of Harvard Biosciences, where M&A is top of mind and three separate transactions are destined to transform the business. Our show begins after these words from our sponsor. finance can easily make changes to business processes. To learn more about how a finance system from Workday supports mid sized organizations from the ground up, visit us at Workday.com. Workday, built for the future business.
2: We always begin by asking our guests to help uh, make visible their path to the CFO office by sharing uh, those experiences they feel helped prepare them for a CFO role. What comes to mind? For sure. Looking back over
1: the course of my career, there's a couple of experiences and milestones that I believe prepared me well become the CFO of Harvard Bioscience, and I break them down into a couple of different areas. Um, The first one, I spent really the the first decade of my career working in public accounting, and so I became a CPA and worked in the Big Four. Um, That was, again, about 10 years of my career, and I got to work with great firms like, or four great firms like PricewaterhouseCoopers and Deloitte Touche. Um, and in those roles, I was an auditor of public and private companies, specializing in the technology space and biotech practice, and, you know, much of my CFO role running a finance department today um, relates well to those experiences that I had back in back in public accounting, especially around uh, responsibilities with accounting, finance, SEC reporting, and tax Um The next major milestone for me was my MBA. So I attended MIT Sloan back in 2004, 2005 and late 2005 graduated uh, with an MBA and I chose to go back to school to broaden my skill set. I had a great foundation coming out of public accounting as a CPA and uh, developed some really strong technical accounting skills. But I wanted to expand into general management, strategy, other areas of finance. And I felt as though the the MBA opportunity at MIT would position me well. Um, plus, MIT had an interesting spin, turn, spin on it in terms of um, innovation and entrepreneurial studies. And so that, that was really the next major milestone, I would say, in my career was um, was that experience. And then the third one I'll leave you with has to do with my experience after MIT Sloan when I joined Biogen IDEC. Biogen is a Fortune 500 biopharma company that specializes in neurological disease areas. And when I joined the company, it was a two product company, it was a $35 stock. I was there for about eight years. We had a great run. By the time I left Biogen, the size of the business had more than tripled. We had multiple commercial products in the marketplace. We had dozens of programs under development, and the share price was um, was over $150 a share. I was the vice president of finance and corporate controller uh, for a while. I was the chief accounting officer, and it was a it was a rather large global organization, and that opportunity. You know, it afforded me um, the opportunity to run a, a large global finance organization of over 200 people, while at the same time gaining experience in the life sciences space. And as you know, Harvard Bioscience is a life sciences company. We're global. We're public. So the Biogen experience was a real good experience for me prior to becoming the CFO of Harvard Bioscience. So as I look back over the course of my career, it's really those three um, experiences. It's, it's the Big Four CPA, public accounting experience, which is about 10 years. It's the MBA um, out of MIT Sloan, and then uh, about eight years at Idec in life sciences
2: and running a large finance team. Now, when you were turned to uh, into an MBA program, was that a full time program, or how did you uh, how did you coordinate that with work? Yeah, so that uh, that's a good question. That was a full time program, and at the time, um,
1: to get a little bit on a, on the personal side. I'm, I'm married with uh, with two little children at the time. I had a, a newborn and a, a two year old, and uh, my wife was a stay at home mom and I managed to reduce my workload to about 20 hours a week. So I continued to work part-time while I went to school full-time. So it was quite a challenge for, uh, for, that, for that period of time, but um, I wouldn't trade it. Um, it was one of the greatest experiences of, uh, of uh, my life and uh, career.
2: Okay, so the MBA chapter is behind you, and as you described that bio you had several roles. You were a chief accounting officer. You were the controller. You helped run the whole finance organization. Now, you enter the CFO office at Harvard Biosciences. What is the role you want to create for yourself? What are your aspirations here? So I was looking for an opportunity to um, to
1: run a, a, a global finance team to be the, to be the you know, the, the leader of that function, as opposed to my experience at Biogen, was uh, I was always the right-hand man of the CFO. So this was my opportunity to come in, take over that function, help build it out, um, which, which was exciting and, and a great opportunity for me here at Harvard Bioscience. But in addition to that, Harvard Bioscience um, is highly acquisitive. And this was an opportunity to come in and um, spend a lot of time in in business development and mergers and acquisitions and help shape the company through a series of divestitures and acquisitions. And and that's something that I could take a leadership role in, and I was excited to do that.
2: All right, yes, Uh, we'd like to learn more about the M&A mindset of Harvard Biosciences these days and what your M&A activity might be. But first, let's find out about Harvard Biosciences, and maybe you can share some of the company's history and and pull us in as to what it's all for are today. Sure. Harvard Biosciences is a global public life
1: sciences company. We're based in Halston, Massachusetts, which is about 20 miles west of Boston. It's a company that was founded over 100 years ago out of, Harvard Medical School. And it went through a series of multiple ownership changes before finally going public in early 2001. And since then, it's grown organically and also through a series of over 25 acquisitions. And today, we have over 500 employees, we have over 120 million of sales. And about half of our sales come from outside of the U.S. Uh, We manufacture our own equipment, and we sell the equipment and systems to academic and biopharma customers. Uh, We have several different products that assist in basic research and discovery and drug development. And when I think of our competitive edge, it starts with our brand, Harvard, Harvard Bioscience. Harvard apparatus. We are known for producing very high quality dependable products and in terms of our focus we want to focus in areas where we can have a meaningful market position and where we can be a market leader and we tend to specialize in smaller markets that range in size from 50 million up to 250 million. By doing so, we can be a market leader. We can have a significant position in those markets. We don't want to go head-to-head against the billion-dollar-plus businesses like Thermo Fisher Scientific. Um, We're going to specialize in in these smaller markets, and that's where we've been able to establish uh, a good position for the business and, and, and have a good competitive edge by leveraging those brands.
2: Well, can you share with us what would be the metrics that you rely on to reveal how Harvard Bioscience is performing? Well, there's a lot of metrics that we look at on a regular basis. Um,
1: There are a number of external metrics as well as internal metrics. Um, The most important one, so I guess starting with external metrics, the most important one for us is NIH spending. So a number of our customers come from the academic space, and we sell into a number of academic labs globally. So, so Harvard, MIT, Stanford, uh, University of Penn, we sell directly into their into their labs, into their researchers, and they get a lot of their funding from the government, and it comes down through through the National Institute of Health. So, tracking the NIH budget and their spending. Uh, is an important is an important source of data for us. Um, the budget set annually. Um, from time to time, there'll be modifications to the budget after the fact. Um, and then there's data that's posted monthly on NIH spending that we closely follow. That's that's external. Um, the other data point there would be spending in biopharma and CROs. So R&D budgets. Um, drug company budgets, um, biotech budgets, uh, we track that data as well because that's an important customer segment for us. Internally, uh, the sales pipeline and our daily bookings, uh, daily backlog, that's all information that we get. Um, we get it daily and it comes from all of our different divisions and subsidiaries and it's uh, it's something that, uh, that we closely follow and a good, um, you know, leading indicator of performance in the business on a month-to-month basis. And then I would say um, the other important metric, m um, and is so important to the to the growth and transformation of Harvard Bioscience. We have a pipeline of, uh, of acquisition candidates, and that tends to uh, evolve with companies coming on and coming off, and it's something that we look at on a regular basis. So yeah. I'd, I'd kind of leave you with those internal factors.
2: Now, you, you have clearly emphasized how m is top of mind. Now, tell us about some of the activity and how it has evolved uh, during your tenure.
1: So, I've been with Harvard Bioscience now for almost five years. And we just recently completed um, three major transactions that were announced in January. So we we divested a major division called Dendel Scientific. Uh, Denwell Scientific is a distribution business uh, in the U.S. It was acquired back in 2009, and we so we recently we, we identified that business. Um, it's a it's a good profitable business, but it didn't fit strategically with the direction we wanted to take the business. Uh, So we went down the path of divesting that business. Um, At the same time, we put in place a $70 million financing, and we used the proceeds to acquire a $45 million instrumentation business. So all three of those transactions took place at the same time. Uh, Rather recently, the divestiture of the distribution business uh, the, the financing of $70 million and then the acquisition of a $45 million business. That business we acquired is called Data Sciences International, and they're a leader in animal telemetry. And so that transformed Harvard Bioscience, and, and given I'm the CFO, I'm going to focus on financial metrics for a moment, but then we'll come back to the business and strategy. But that transformed Harvard Bioscience. Our sales went from $100 million to over 120 million. Our gross margins, which tend to be uh, between 45 and 47%, and now over 55%. And our operating margin as a business was 7 to 8 percent. Now, because of these transactions, we're well in the low teens. And so that's kind of the, the finance piece of it. But as you can see, just based off sales, gross margins, operating margins, these three transactions are, are, you know, significant. Uh, It was a significant transformation of Harvard Bioscience. You know, in terms of the the strategic side, um, our CEO and I had identified early on after joining Harvard Bioscience that there was a fair amount of deferred maintenance that had to take place. The company had grown up through so many acquisitions, but there was very little integration of those acquisitions, and there was little investment uh, of IT systems and business processes. So we've spent a good part of the last three years focused on upgrading those IT systems, putting in place a good business process, and consolidating sites. We've consolidated over Uh, over five sites in the last three years. And so it it took a lot of work and effort of the management team and the employees of Harvard Bioscience in these areas. And we had to make that investment. We had to stabilize the foundation of the business so that we could go and acquire great businesses like Data Sciences, the transaction that we completed in January. And so it's it, it's really been the focus of the management team of the company the last three years. Uh, but I'm glad you asked because because it was really the acquisitions and the vestiture and the financing that transformed the business. But it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen over the course of two or three months. It's really something
2: that's been in, in the works now for over three years. You earlier described your uh, sort of the customer portfolio. What, what you know, the types of companies and academic institutions, I guess, that populate it? Did this did these transactions diversify that much, or was it uh, sort of similar customers? No, that, that's exactly that's exactly on point. The
1: data sciences acquisition repositioned the company, so legacy Harvard biosciences customers. And that's tied to NIH, like we talked about, and uh, in, tracking, in tracking the government spending. However, data sciences, their customer segment, their customer base, is just the opposite of that. It's about 60 to 70 percent biotech, pharmaceutical, and CRO. And so by bringing these two companies together, you have two great customer segments, and you're able to cross sell of portfolios, especially on the Harvard Bioscience side. We can now take the Harvard Bioscience portfolio of products and cross-sell it into the DSI
2: customer segment. So that's one of the great synergies of bringing these two companies together. I have to believe there have been quite a few aha moments along the way as you you did these transactions and integrated these companies. But we always like to ask for a finance strategic moment, an aha moment uh one that you've experienced maybe earlier in your career or maybe at uh, harvard uh, bioscience is anything come to mind well I think about the i think about the transactions that we just closed on,
1: and you know when i joined um it, it's really about and m a and the m and a landscape at Harvard Bioscience and in the tools space. So when I joined Harvard Bioscience, um, we had a chance to, uh, you know, spend the first 90 days helping the, the CEO come up with a vision and, and strategy for the business. And we discovered uh, that early on that the m and landscape could be a competitive advantage for us and for the company. And that's because as you look back over the course of the last decade in this space, there has been so much consolidation that you're left with some very large billion-dollar-plus billion dollar players in the space. And then from about a billion dollars to a hundred million dollars, uh, where there used to be a lot of companies, the only company left that hasn't been acquired is Harvard Bioscience. And then below us, below really the $50 million level, you have dozens of life science tools companies. And so our competitive advantage and and my aha moment was realizing we could use that to our advantage. We can go and and target these businesses and roll them up, acquire them at very attractive multiples, very attractive valuations. And the reason why is because oftentimes we're the only one there as an exit opportunity for those businesses. Those billion-dollar-plus companies uh, those businesses are too small for them to matter, so they don't focus on them. And occasionally you may run into a private equity firm that that, um, that would like to exploit the opportunity. But these are great firms to partner with Harvard Bioscience, especially now that we've closed on the data sciences acquisition, where we have two great customer segments. And this company is now a, a good platform to continue to roll out those smaller businesses and roll them up at attractive valuations. Um, so that that was really the the moment for me after joining the company. I I didn't realize that coming in, and um, it was a real nice um, a real nice discovery that uh, that we had uh, once we we were in place as a new management
2: team. When it comes to M and A, success is often uh, determined by whether you're able to hold on to the talent that uh, you just acquired along with the company. Is there a, a type of talent philosophy or approach uh, that Harvard Biosciences uses in relation to its M activity? I think we've uh, I think we've
1: done a nice job in this area. So we've over five years we've acquired four businesses, and you know each situation is unique, and depending on um, you know the needs and um, desires of the selling shareholder, that that may change in how we think about it. But we've discovered that, um, especially with data sciences, you've got a really strong management team there. And we want to retain that team to help us grow the business. And oftentimes those individuals want to stay on because they're excited to join a you know, global, um, larger public company. And so we, we work with those management teams to keep them in place and, and invest in those businesses and, and ultimately help us grow their business and grow Harvard Bioscience. We, we'd rather take that approach than, than acquire a business and have, you know, a CEO or an owner-founder um, leave the business.
2: So yeah, from what you've shared with us, this is uh, very much an M&A-driven company uh, today. And I'm wondering, uh, did your earlier experience at Biogen prepare you for such a uh, an M&A uh, appetite? <laughs> it did. So part of my experience at Biogen was supporting...
1: The business development team and, and while we didn't do a lot of acquisitions we did a fair amount of in licensing of uh, compounds for product development and so I had some experience and exposure to working on those transactions we did have some smaller acquisitions from time to time um, but it was more around valuing those programs and how best to integrate those programs and the, the finance um, the finance evaluation of uh,
0: Coming up, CFO Rob Gagnon enters the mentoring round with us. After these words from our sponsor. for that third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash market. Well, we're going to now
2: enter our mentoring round where I get to ask you several quick questions intended to uh, inform and inspire uh, future finance leaders as well as your, your finance leader peers. What's exciting you about finance and business today? Uh, interesting question. I think it's probably difficult to get too excited about about finance,
1: um, but but for me, it, uh, it again it's going to drop back to probably the M and A. But I think about the opportunities to uh, you know try to try and transform these businesses and marketplaces by by, um, by adding new businesses and product lines and being able to participate in in um, in acquisitions and M and A.
2: Thinking back, is there a piece of advice you wish someone had given you before you stepped foot in the uh, CFO office? Um, you know, for me, I think uh,
1: taking my time. Um, I think earlier in my career, I tend to uh, I tend to jump at the first thing and and, and um, from time to time, I'm a little bit impatient. But, um, you yeah, know, I think, you know, continuing to develop in a role, and you know, getting that experience um, is is really is really critical. And every step, whether it be, you know, in my case, public accounting, I'm um, developing as a technical accountant. Uh, the experiences that I had at Biogen as a chief accounting officer and controller, and I think earlier, my, my career is always looking for the next challenge and the next thing and the next promotion, but really taking your time getting that experience to being able to build upon it to leverage it as a CFO is critical.
2: Um, do you think there's a personal habit that you have that's contributed to your professional success, or maybe part of your routine? Would you, anything come to mind?
1: I'm a pretty detailed individual. I like to roll up my sleeves and get into the data. I'm a data-driven individual, um, so I like to um, I like to really understand the numbers and the underlying data, and have to invest that time in order to take a step back and. And uh, analyze the big picture and actually make a decision. So to me, that's you know data and investing that time is always important.
2: Question then: What are your priorities as a finance leader over the next twelve months? So coming back to what we talked about, my priorities uh,
1: relate back to the transactions and the acquisitions and helping integrate this great company we just acquired, and that's really the focus. We need to do a good job of integrating that business into the Harvard Bioscience family. Um, And then, as it relates to to finance, we've got a a great finance team that came along with the acquisition, and they're joining a good team at Harvard Bioscience. We need to integrate those two organizations. Um, But as it relates to the business, it's more about organic growth and and driving top-line growth, and I've been working with the CEO management team to, to, run, to put plans in place to help the business